it's so lovely to be with you today. So thank you, Reverend Roxanne, for asking, for, for bringing me in here, that I get to be a part, again, of this community. I love you very much. And um, so I've been, I've held you in prayer over all these years. I've stayed close to you in many ways. Uh, and I've uh, always, always, always uh, leaned in the direction of my um, contributions to your becoming your being and becoming and for you to live out your mission and vision so a great great honor to be here my mission is to serve those who serve so i get to be here today to fulfill that mission and your um the outpicturing of it and then my vision like yours similar to yours is the transformation of heart and mind and to get our teachings to the whole of humanity so then these are offered today. Whatever comes through today is offered to our own soul's progression into this progression of humanity as an awakening consciousness. And uh, you've heard and heard and heard, I'm sure week after week about the time we're in and what it's requiring of us and calling us forward and impulsing us to be and to become. And it's also important, I think, particularly with this many weeks in, some of you are reading what the psychologists are saying about it and uh, studying what the psychology of it is that includes, if you haven't already noticed, that it's not anywhere like business as usual. So it may be out picturing with you simply don't have the focus that you used to have, that you don't have the energy that you're accustomed to having that things that you used to could do quick and well without too much thought is not so anymore. So it's no little thing that um, to honor that and to follow what we're being well advised to from this psychologist and medical doctors that, that understand the emotional field and the emotional vortex field and as well as our mental states to give yourself a lot of slack right now to be the first to offer you grace to be quick to offer grace, to take extra times for rest, uh, to increase our sleep. It's recommended by uh, certainly brain scientists and other doctors. Uh, some of us are already sleeping more, but we're ashamed of it. So instead of just saying, oh yeah, I'm doing it because it's good for my brain health. It's like, oh my God, I'm doing it because I couldn't sit up anymore or I had to have an extra hour in there. So increase some rest for yourself. Um, to let the brain reset, to recalibrate itself, to get a kind of a reboot. That this uh, certainly an emotional uh, vortex. So triggered, um, uh, survival, threatened, and other things that re tendencies then for regression. And we also, and particularly us in unity, those of us that have practiced and have studied this and taught this and have applied this over and over and over, it's the highest, most auspicious time, I believe, in all of our lives and every, anything we've ever seen today to be the ones that can say, I'm going to commit and devote myself to staying above the line. So even though the tendencies to regress, the tendencies to get offended, the tendency is for getting caught up in this emotional swirl that I'm going to deepen my practices. I'm going to tweak my practices of meditation. I'm going to add nuance to the practices. So if it's a 30-minute seated, seated meditation, it may become a 10-minute meditation or a walking meditation or a guided meditation. So I can't keep doing it the way I've done it if it's not 
um, I, if I'm not able to transform and transcend and transmute the energy that's a bigger energy than any of us have ever seen. So then it could be then if I normally walk a mile, I'm going to walk two, or if I walk two, I'm going to walk one. So some variance and nuance of that, I, enc I encourage you for to see that um, this, this, this any established rote way of being with normal times will not be effective here. And I know that you already have discovered this to some degree or not. It also is important to me, I think, that so many of you uh, acknowledge what is what is happening out there, the losses and the grief that is going on in the field and that it's there's nobody immune from it, one way or the other, even for those of us that haven't had it, a direct impact or a direct effect of it, that everybody collectively as a race, as a species and the consciousness of the race is undergoing some kind of pressure and some kind of pressurized um, energy field that is um, um, the most extreme for any of us. So then what to do and how to be with it. So what I want to offer here today are some ways to get gain some space from this so that um, I'm not, not as likely to be caught up that I have some mental, bar mental boundaries for myself. A mental boundary that says I'm going to have to stand guard here a bit and I'm not going to go into an imagined future too far I can't be thinking about a month six months that today is enough this week is enough to set some kind of mental boundary I'm also going to be aware of the old belief systems the old thoughts that are causing this fear and panic and terror and worry and upset and bristliness and I cannot continue to entertain those thoughts and have any kind of coherency or uh, access to the higher part of the mind the upper room the throne room the uh, uh, Eric Butterworth would say the, um, the 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 mind that can see things rightly instead of being as swept up and as bound up in the situations and the circumstances. And it's not that we're creating something out of nothing, but that we're creating from something that is more in the absolute, something that knows beyond anything we can see, comprehend, or understand from our limited physical perspectives. So a few of the quotes that I pulled for today relative to then, so think about then, um, this emotional stir, the mental stir, the thoughts, beliefs, I wants, I needs, we should, we shouldn't, this shouldn't be happening, something's bad's gonna happen, like it's infinite, eternal mentation, mental stream, thought processes. So then how to be with that differently. And then emotion, sadness, despair, grief, powerlessness, even guilt that you're fine, guilt that you're doing okay, uh, guilt that you're, others are sick and you're not, guilt, guilt that you have food and others don't. So any kind of big, deep-rooted, emotional stir, 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 which spins just like a hurricane force to gather itself. So then instead of trying to stop that, which makes it worse, to oppose that makes it worse. It causes it to get more pressurized to try to stop this, which causes it to get more pressurized to say, I, I, I've got the pressure of what's happening in the external. 
then I've got the pressure that's happened here as it gains energy and, and here as it gains energy. Then I've got the pressure, which is comp complicating it, compounding it, and complexifying it to say, I shouldn't have it. It shouldn't be affecting me this way. I, I've got to get a control. I've got to, I got to do this. I got to do that. So the more the pressure I put on, which is all just compounding it versus what if I could simply observe? Observe, not absorb. What if the mental stream, if you just allowed it a little space, less entertaining of it, less engaging of it. So think maybe of it instead of, uh, it's still gonna come and it will, if it didn't have any Velcro for you, if it literally didn't stick. So if you could have all these thoughts and all this mentation and mental stream and be less under its effects, less under its effects. So I have more capacity to observe, less and less willing to absorb it, less and less willing to engage in it, more and more empowered to observe it. So then this is a possibility then, as John F. Kennedy was quoted as saying, peace is a daily, a weekly, a monthly process. So then our practicing this gradually changes opinions. It slowly erodes old barriers and quietly and powerfully builds new structures. So then I say it as the practice of peace, practice, 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 and practice makes, practice makes progress. So practice makes progress. So then over time through my applying this moment to moment, situation by situation, interaction to interaction, then over the days, over the weeks, over the months, over a lifetime, I have made a significant contribution to the transformation of my own mind and heart and the transformation of the mind and heart of humanity, if you believe in quantum theory. So then I can then erode the old belief systems and erode the old paradigms and worldviews and then begin to quietly and, and consistently and purposely build a new world, a new way of being in the world, new world order, new world view, new world structures. And I've noticed that in me. I know that you can identify with it, that we are busy trying to rearrange circumstances. And there's nobody here that doesn't want the circumstances to be different. At some degree, in some level of us, we, we don't want people to suffer. We don't want people dying and people working as hard as they are and to be without work and, and that. So, and we cannot change the outer circumstances. So this is the wisdom then to know what I cannot change. And then a devotion and a commitment to absolutely do what I can change, to work where I can make some change. What could I sensibly do here? 
what would sensible, sane action be like here? So the quote is from Eckhart Tolle. It says this, you find peace not by rearranging the circumstances of life, but by realizing who you are at the deepest level. So who you are at the deepest level and to spend our times in pause, in meditation, in reflection, in contemplation, in introspection, when the mind will not want to do that. It'll want to it reference the outer and reference the circumstances instead of, I cannot do that and, and, and access my own innate divine power. So that I've got to find some way to, to dis, discern when I'm in that and to say, I've got to go into the upper room of my own mind and remember who I am, whose I am, what is true, what I can change and what I cannot. So then peace then is about retraining, requires retraining the mind that also requires us to process life as it is, not as we desire, not as we want, not as we believe we need, not as we think it should be, but as it is. It requires us to process life as it is, rather than to continue um, believing it's going to go the way I think that it should. So let's look then at some things we may could do. So reflect already in during this time and other times in your life, what you have done to um, keep a clear distinction between what I cannot do something about and what I can do something about. And what have you used in these times that give you a little clearance? Where you, instead of going deeper in the darkness, deeper in the hole, deeper in the vortex, deeper in the swept up, what have you done and what can you do already very effectively that keeps you leaning toward higher thinking, seeing it rightly, accessing the part of us, the still point of us, that point of nothingness that is immune, that is immune from the illusion, from the, um, the, this notion that it should be different, that can go back to source, creator, and the basis of what unity teaches, a new thought, all of new thought, with then God is, God is, God is. I am that I am. I am that. I'm not separate from that. I cannot ever be separate from that. So then I pray that way. I pray that way, that there is a divine order here, that there is not just theoretically, something beyond my comprehension, something beyond my understanding that I'm not going to be trying to make sense out of things I can't make any sense out of from my limited human perspective. And to give up believing that I can understand what I cannot understand. And nevertheless, even though I cannot understand it, I know that there's, a, there's cause, a divine cause, evolutionary processes, human learning processes. So 
God is, I am that I am. I pray that way. I think that way. And I work to shift my thinking to align to that way. And then I live that way. I live that way. So think about the contribution you're making now and what further contribution you can make to transforming consciousness, transforming heart and mind and consciousness on purpose. And we'll call these little practices. So when you notice this intensity coming, this big emotional vortex coming, and it still will, there's nobody immune from this. You may notice it as bristly, you're kind of bristly, you know, and it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Or like, wow, that's somebody I love and I'm just short of just punching them. Um, and uh, spiritual types may not get violent, but will uh, gossip about them or talk about them. So that bristling is near. It's like there's a pressurized system of some sort looking for an out. So imagine when you're in a situation like that and that energy field is building and it's right under the surface and you may come out of your skin and something's about to come out sideways of some things practically that we can do in those situations. And one is to simply close our eyes. So you might try it here to just close your eyes, which is like pulling the window blinds. You just close the eyes to the outer. Even for a few seconds. And notice how the outside world takes more of a back seat. It goes to the back burner. You gain a little space. Some of you will have a sense of having balance again, being more on solid ground. You may call it centered. Then open your eyes when you're ready. And then get a sense then of what would stop you from practicing this. Because this allure, see, this allure to get caught up in this has a great payoff. The brain scientists have proven that we get a high off of this. We get a high out of being offended, a high out of being affronted. The same chemicals are expressed and excrete and go through our system as the same chemicals as people using drugs. So it's no little thing to work at this, this tendency and oh, the allure to be mad, 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 to be upset, to be indignant, to be righteous. And can you believe versus wait a minute, I'm contributing. I'm throwing gas on a fire. If I join that, and I don't usurp that and circuit break that in some way, then I'm perpetuating in the world the very thing I claim I don't want in the world. So then I'm going to recommit today and devote myself and commit today to practicing a few of these things, which is going to return me to presence, return me to higher, coherent, congruent thinking, and being instead of going for the high again. This knee-jerk, regressive 
kind of instinctual reactivity. Another practice is to if try now if you want to by just closing your eyes again and shift your focus. Many of you do this already. The invitation today is not to do it just when you're on a meditation pillow or when you're in your meditation 30 minutes in the morning. It's like, but to begin to think, to bring portable peace. Peace is portable. I'm going to bring peace with me wherever I go. So not just on the meditation cushion, not just at nine o'clock in the morning, not just nine o'clock, but peace to a situation, peace to an interaction. So instead of inserting my opinion about something, I'm going to insert peace about something. So instead of seeking something from them, I'm going to drop the seeking. So close your eyes and get a sense of being in an intense situation or some intense feeling that's coming, sadness, grief, despair, hurt, worry, terror, whatever. And simply shift your attention to the breath. And of being breathed. If that shifts it, you're all set. If that shouldn't, if that's not enough to shift it, try adding counting through your breath. So it may be an inhale, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four. So it gives the mind something to do. It could be adding a mantra. If you use mantras or scripture, Toward the one. Toward the one. Anything that would work. Something resonant with you. Something you would enjoy doing. And it could go for some of us like, help me not kick her in the shin. Help me not insert my opinion. Help me to be a listener. So whatever would work to get the focus back here to what I can do something about and out of the allure to continue to do what's been done for 2000 years ineffectively that's gotten us in to some of the environment into the, into the experiences that we have now. And then one of the things when you feel this emotional upset coming, the fear, the doubt, the panic, the worry, the grief, just um, uh, it could be apathy, deer in a headlight, whatever it is, to pause and ask yourself, what would ease this for me? So you would ask, what would ease this for you? What would ease this? What would be sane, sensible action here in this matter? Who do I want to be in this interaction? What am I going to look back on my life and be glad I did versus looking back on my life and wishing I had of, you know, some of you have heard me say is as we go to our grave, it'll be here lies Martha. Here's Martha's grave. Here lies Martha. She had issues. 
or here lies Martha, she had ideas. Here lies Martha, she had dramas. Or here lies Martha, she had determination. She had dreams and worked toward them. Here lies Martha, she could complain. This is here lies Martha, you know, she made contributions. So we're writing today, right now, we're writing our headstone, we're writing our epitaph, we're, we're writing that. So what will we write? What will you write today? Through these practices, we get to write something different that's been written for 2,000 years and the inertia of that 2,000 years that we're here, I believe, absolutely believe we're the ones, we're the people, we're the ones that can transform this, to transmute this and to bring a, a real, real, um, a new pattern, a new way of being here. And when things get very, very tough, very, very pressurized, very, very coming out of my skin, I'm I, not able to regulate myself, to give yourself grace, to give yourself understanding and absolutely excuse yourself. Leave the scene, take a little break, go in another room of the house. It sounds so simple, but we won't do it to take a little walk. If you're in a workplace, an environment where you're still going to work, go in a toilet, go in a bathroom and, and sit somewhere, close the door, find a place that you can come back to yourself and to do it more quickly than we're accustomed to. Not to let it brew and brew and brew, but to catch it more quickly, to use the feedback of the body and the senses of the body that are giving us feedback to say, well, I need to have some space here. I've got to take a little space for myself. And then a very basic one, which I see already in all of you today um, is, and I know about you, a great sensibility in you, a sensible sensibility that says, okay, what can I do here that would move me in the direction of my goals? So getting caught up in this is not moving me in the direction of my goals. Then how to transform that fear, how to transform that vortex to say, wait a minute, what could I do even in this vortex that would move me in the direction of my goals? And regarding the senses then and the five senses, just activating a smell, like giving the mind something to do with looking around the room we're in and counting everything that's blue, to count everything I can find that's red, to name them, to get in the moment, could be, do, can I, what do I smell in here? Do I smell anything? To feel the seat I'm on, to feel the clothing that's on the skin, to feel how the glasses sit on the face, to get in the senses and to pay attention to the senses because then that focus can shift us out of this brew, this storm, this brewing storm. So something that can short circuit it from time to time to activate the senses, to use the senses in of seeing color, sight, smell, touch, feel to do that. And then the last one I lifted, that I listed to lift is a smile. 
and the energy of a smile and the beauty of each and every one of your smiles and the power that that smile holds for transformation, transformation of your own heart, transformation of a mental stream, of a brewing energy, a smile that can absolutely circuit break it. And even behind the mask and some of the things that are required now to wear, even though you can't see the smile, the smile can be sensed. You know through their eyes that they're smiling. You'll feel it in your heart. People feel it when you can smile. So it's very, very powerful to use like medicine, like an elixir, like a balm right here and right now, the value of your own smile and to be quicker and quicker and quicker to be the one. And even that can stop us from getting so caught up into this energy field and the vortex of this emotional and mental energy to say, what if I literally just brought a smile to it? Even though it's not rational, even though it makes no sense whatsoever, even counterintuitive. Like when I notice that mental, physical, emotional thing brewing and stirring, just for this week, just for today and this week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice bringing a smile to it. And see what happens. So as always, don't believe what I say. Test this out for yourself because until you test it out for yourself, it's just more theory. It's more blah, blah, blah. So give it a fair test. Peace is not found by rearranging circumstances, but by realizing at our deepest level who we are. And it's not enough to talk about peace. But something to work at. And something to work toward. Something to work for. Love and peace of mind don't protect us. They allow us, though, to overcome. They allow us resilience. They teach us to live and to live now and to live again and to continue to contribute to life and the way it's unfolding and to have the courage one more day to be with what is as it is and to make all the contribution we can to transform consciousness about what is. Big deep breath. MarthaCreek.com if I can support you. Blessings. <laughs>